Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Dave, um, here's your Bible. I don't want to stay loud on you. Um, so good, so good to be um, together. What, what actually happened this morning, we, were, we started a, a, our summer series this morning on the book of John, and um, the, we, we had to do some stuff for kids and some of our missions going as well, and basically that took a good wee chunk of time and I run out of time. But in the midst of, of, of speaking in the first service, in the 9.30 service, I sort of got this unction, a call of that anyway. You know somebody mentioned once in all the Bible? Unction. It means a smearing on. So um, it's in Peter. And so uh, I had a little unction that maybe I should hold the final point. It was a bit weird trying to stop in mid-flow, trying to stop this morning without my clothes, for want of a better word. But um, we sensed that that was what God was doing. I want to read just three verses in John 17 um, for context, and then we'd fire into this just take a short time, and then we're really going to allow God to minister by His Holy Spirit, get into worship, really invite God to come and minister to us by the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, John 17, I do not ask for these only. This is Jesus speaking. I said this morning, this is the prayer of Jesus, all right? And He's saying this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so the world may believe that you've sent me, the glory that you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Beautiful. So the world may know that you have sent me, and love them even as you love me. Like that is, if that language doesn't catch your heart, if that language doesn't do something in you, there's something wrong. You're not alive. There's something um, that Jesus is actually saying in this whole passage about oneness, about togetherness. And so what we did this morning, we, we began talking a little bit about God's mixing bowl. This is what the bowl was for. Um, I had that on the flip chart. We, we started to look at God's mixing bowl, and the idea was to try and take a, a, a bit of a journey through the story of what John is trying to do in his 21 chapters. And so we talked about in the beginning was the Word, not to go back on it all. You can grab the podcast or the live stream archive. In the beginning was the Word. We said the most important thing about the Word was that the Word became flesh, and so the Word is Jesus. And we looked at the absolute supremacy of the supremacy of the, of the Father, how um, the Godhead are equal in power and in unity and in might, but there's something about the Father. And Jesus did this in, in Gethsemane. He said, Father, you know, if there's any other way to do this, do it, but not, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So there was an absolute supremacy of the Father. And then we saw the absolute glory and splendor of the Son. And when we get into that idea what we were actually talking about there was the fact of just oneness with him. And what actually happened at that stage was that um, 
uh, John said these things, this here, behold, I took this photo myself a couple of weeks ago in a place called the Valley of Doves, and this is the road that Jesus would have walked. This is the actual pathway that Jesus would have walked from Nazareth to Galilee to um, when, he, when he came to be baptized by John in the Jordan. This is the actual road that he would have come over, 35 miles um, 35 to 40 miles, 48 kilometers, I think it is, and, um, and probably would have taken him, taken him two and a half, three days, and 40, probably over 40 uh, degrees of heat. And so it's quite incredible. And so when, when Jesus appeared at Jordan, John makes this statement. He says, behold the Lamb. This is him. This is the one that I've been telling you about. This is the one that I've been the forerunner for. This is him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he makes this bold declaration of who Jesus is. And, and of course, what, what I, the way we finished this morning was this idea that when Jesus turns up, his glory and his splendor turns up. And so when Jesus turns up in person, his glory and his splendor can't not turn up. Where his presence is, his power is. Where his presence comes, his power is made manifest. The Holy Spirit's the same. You can't have the presence and deny the power. And so there's something, we listened to Zoe's um, video this morning about what's been happening out in Cambodia. The power of God is at work because where the presence of God is, the power of God is. And so what we said this morning that when, when Jesus bore the price for our sin when he put it all into his mixing bowl, when he put the sin and the shame and the betrayal and the hatred and the scourging and the nails and the, 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 the dealing in three hours of darkness with sin, when it was put into the mixing bowl of God's power and God's might and it was mixed together, there came a moment where God, where Jesus could actually present this to the Father and say, it's finished. It's finished. The work is done. The work is completed. And so there's something about allowing our lives, allowing God to take the, it's not just the good things in our lives. Faith isn't just for good times. I hope you know that. Faith's not just for the good times. Faith is for the bad times. Faith is for the difficult times. Faith is for the disappointments that we put into the bowl and we allow God to work in this idea and what can happen then as he works in this the most beautiful thing with is that in Romans 8 he says this that all things all things as they work together he can work with the disappointments he can work with the depressions he can work with the discouragements he can work with the sicknesses he can work with the sin in our lives and he can mold it and make it if we allow him into something that he can actually say come taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. That's the, that's the thing about God. And I hear people, I said this this morning, and we're jumping on to the next point now, but I said this this morning that loads of people can't get over their past because they've never allowed it into the mixing bowl of, of God's power. And so they hold on to their past. They hold on to their rejection. They hold on to their grief. They hold on to their loss. They hold on to their difficulty because it begins to define them. And we read in the scripture of loads of people who allowed their situation to define them where it comes to a place where we actually don't even know their name because they're defined by their situation. And I don't want to be defined by my situation. I want to be defined as a child, as a son 
as a daughter as you are of God. That's what defines us. And so, and where we left it this morning was this idea that we see in John, I think in his 21 chapters, what he's doing, he's trying to teach us the absolute supremacy of the Father. He's trying to teach us the absolutely, um, the magnitude of the power and majesty and glory of the Son. And then he's trying to teach us of the necessity of the Holy Spirit. And the necessity of the Holy Spirit in your life is such a powerful thing. It's really important this year because as we begin to see this, um, something very powerful happens. Here's what, here's what um, John says. It says that John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven and remain on him. Now, I highlighted that little word, remain on him. Remain on him. It didn't come and strike him and leave. It came and it settled in him. And he says, he's the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The the biblical record tells us that this is a, a posture of people who are ready to receive God's power. Jesus Um, only did the things that that the Father told him to do. And here he is. He's in the absolute, divine, perfect will of the Father. And as he steps into the will of the Father, the Spirit of God comes on him. You know, there is two scriptures that are quite daunting. One tells us that we can actually grieve the Spirit. The other tells us that we can quench the Spirit. Now, you don't need me to explain those words to you. When you grieve someone, they withdraw from you. When you quench someone, they leave you. And it's possible to do both with the Holy Spirit. And so it's really important that we understand this. And so the whole idea of this message, you can pick this up on the podcast from this morning, is talking about the unity. We did a couple of little fun things this morning. You have to pick it up, watch it on the archive and you'll have a bit of fun with it. We got the choir going. We got a manual choir going this morning. We sang the first verse of Amazing Grace, and I did the choir conductor. I wanted to do, I wanted to do that my whole life. And so, uh, and so there's something about oneness. There's something about coming together. There's something about the power of unity. And the devil knows that if he can divide the church, he can divide their strength. God knows if, if we come together that we can change the world. He knows that if we come together as a people of God, we can actually change the world. And we see this over and over again in the Scriptures. We see this in the New Testament. In Acts 1, tells us they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. So they're all joined together. Something is pulling them together. In, in the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. They were all united in one place they, like if you read the New Testament, you will find that Jesus appeared to probably about 540 people that we know of in the New Testament, and yet there was only 120 in the upper room. And he managed to get 120 to stay committed for a period of time to come together, to seek his presence, to wait on him with an expectant heart, and they changed the world. We know that. Scripture tells us that. And so there's no substitute for... Um, for uh, believers coming together. And every few months, I, I, I try to look at polls. I try to see the percentage of people who are professing Jesus Christ as Lord. And it's never been as high as it is right now. And yet, I keep thinking, why is there not greater impact upon society? Why, if the church is growing at such a phenomenal rate, and they reckon 2.2 billion people 
out of the 7 billion on planet Earth at the minute, or 7 billion, whatever it is, that 2.2 or 2.3 billion are believers, how come we're not having a greater impact in our society? And I'm convinced that there's neglecting of this biblical profile of what the posture of people should be when they're open to receive the fullness of power of God's Spirit and to continue to receive that fullness of power. And so I think there's four things, and here was my landing pad for the service this morning that I didn't get to. And here's the four things. Number one, um, number one, number one, <laughs> being together in one place. There's something about unity. There's something about coming together. There's this idea that you can't do it alone in the Christian life. We're not supposed to do it alone. You need your brothers and sisters and so many people who claim spirituality today are just lone rangers. They're out doing their own thing, and it does not work. It cannot work. It is not biblical. It is not scriptural. The second thing is that they were in a spirit of prayer. We need time alone in prayer. We need time together in prayer. We need open hearts to God, allowing God to capture our attention. And sometimes we're just so busy running around doing things that we haven't taken time to listen. We haven't taken time to receive the divine power and energy that God wants to give us through our spirit. So there, there's, there's this, this being in the spirit of prayer is so, so powerful. And, and the, thing about, the thing about prayer is this. Remember that when the disciples got a little frustrated that they couldn't cast the demon out of the boy, and, and then Jesus did it, and then they asked Jesus, how could you do it and we couldn't? And Jesus said, this, this type doesn't come out only but by prayer and fasting. What was he saying? He wasn't saying, when you run across this problem, you need to pray and fast. That's not what he was saying. He's saying, when you live the lifestyle of prayer and fasting, when you live in that lifestyle, in that constant of actually a life of prayer, a life of constant communion with God, where there's fasting involved, then when these things come up, they will be easily worked. And so it's living that lifestyle, which is really important. The third aspect is taken seriously what the Scriptures have to say. And I'm fascinated by this at times. I'm fascinated by the fact that during these days between the ascension of Jesus and Pentecost, this group of 120 close followers of Jesus heard Scriptures taught. Peter expounded the Old Testament teaching to them. It's a posture of, um, of, a, of a receptivity of the Word of God, which is really important. And my fear is that we revert to just one aspect. My, my fear is that sometimes we think the Holy Spirit only turns up when we sing. Yeah. He doesn't just turn up when we sing. Singing is beautiful. You see, sometimes we call worship singing. Worship is more than singing. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is how you live your life. Worship is about your prayer life. Worship is about your devotions. Worship is about all of it involved. And so it's really important that we understand that. And so they have this aspect of the... And, and I, 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 whenever I... Let me go to the fourth one, and then I'll tell you something more about my bowl. And then there was a, a waiting expectancy for God to act. And I sort of get the idea. I get the idea that what was happening, that, that in heaven, the mixing bowl of God was at work. Here, the, here was a group of people that gathered together, that gathered together to, to, to be in one place, to have unity, to be in prayer, to, to take seriously what the Scriptures say, and to wait expectantly. And as they did that, the mixing bowl of God began. Something began to happen, and it happened for one day, and for two, and for ten. 
and for 20, and on and on it would go. And I imagine, hope I don't think I'm being a reverend, but I imagine something like this was happening in heaven. They were, they were mixing this, all of what these people were doing, and they were having this conversation, and God was saying, Holy Spirit, you better get your hat and your shoes on. These people are nearly ready. This cake's nearly baked. Something's stirring here. They're together. Their unity is power. They're taking prayer seriously. They're listening and they're taking in my word. They're expecting for me to move. And it's coming. It's coming close. And then there came that moment where there was a release from heaven. And this is where Jesus said, Jesus said, it's better. Remember when he was here on earth with them, he said, it's better that I go. Because he says, if I go, then another can come. But if I don't go, he can't. And I said this this morning that the only thing better than Jesus here in flesh is Jesus here in all flesh. And so we have this, this Holy Spirit, this person of the Trinity coming that represents God the Father, that represents God the Son, and he pours himself out. Remember we talked about the little word remain. You know, he hasn't went back to heaven. I hear people pray that prayer sometimes, Lord, give us an open heaven. And there's nothing wrong with the prayer, but we have an open heaven. The Spirit of God is here. He hasn't went back to heaven. He's still here. Thank God he's still here. And he's in this place tonight, and he's just waiting for a group of people to get together. He's waiting for a group of people that, that won't divide themselves all into little religious sects and little genders, all these little sects where, where they divide. He's, he's looking for people to come together with a heart and a spirit of prayer taken seriously what the Scriptures have to say, allowing their lives to be led and guided by this Word, not the opposite way that we try to bend the Scripture around our actions and our attitudes and our sin. That's not what you can do with this Word. This, this is a, a constant. It's full, of, it's full of divine laws and established principles that never change. You can't change the law of sowing and reaping. It's there. It's an established law. It's a divine principle that never changes. That's what this is. And when these people come together and they give themselves to these things, something powerful happens. The, the mixing bowl is a bit like all of it coming together, praying, worship, expectant. And there came that moment in Acts 2 where, 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 where God says, they're ready. They're ready. Off you go. And Boom. My voice nearly went there. Boom! The Holy Spirit comes. He, he, he bombs down to this little room and he, and he fills these 120 people with the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in languages they've never learned. The, the fire of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They receive a boldness. There, there's an anointing upon them. Peter gets up, this man who... who who weeks before had denied he even knew the Lord Jesus, gets up with a spirit of boldness and a, and a spirit of proclamation. Where did he learn to do that? How did he learn? He didn't go to seminary. He didn't go to, to Bible school. He, he got up with a spirit of proclamation. God put upon him. And, and I believe tonight what God wants to do is we worship God wants to put the spirit of song upon some of you. He wants to put the spirit of proclamation upon some of you that you open your mouth and boom, out it comes. That's what happened with Peter. And he preached such a powerful word. 3,000 people got saved and baptized in the one day. That's, that's the bowl. That's the bowl. That's God's mixing bowl. And when we put ourselves into it, something so powerful happens. So my, my question to you as we bring this to a close, is there a dimension of waiting in your life? 
Do we live in a culture of instant gratification where we want everything now? When something goes wrong, we automatically just throw our dummy out of the pram. We tend to blame God, forgetting that God maybe hasn't his eye to the attention of our souls or, or our lives. What is your desire? Is yours a posture of being together on a regular basis with other believers? Is yours a posture of prayer? Is yours a posture of having your Bible open before you personally, daily meditating and in corporate teaching environments? That's what we're supposed to do. Is yours the posture of waiting upon God, trusting Him in His time to fulfill His promises in a way that you don't get overly self-impressed with your victories? And you don't get overly discouraged at what appears to be your losses and tragedies that come your way. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. He wants us to maintain our love for him. Let me assure you that if you are not in this kind of posture, you will find other postures that will quench the spirit. I'll guarantee it. If you're not in this posture, you will find other postures. The world and the devil will make sure of that. And your own soul will make sure of it. Even the flesh, because we can blame it all on the devil, but we've just got our old flesh. You've got it. I've got it. And if we don't keep it in constant check, that's why Paul said in, in, to the church at Corinth, he says, I beat my body. He said, I beat myself black and blue. That he says, unless when it's all do- said and done, while I preach to others, I myself will become a castaway. Imagine, that's what the Apostle Paul said. Even, he says, when it's all said and done, wouldn't it be awful that I've preached this to others and I myself, I, I, that verse racks me every time I read it and challenges my soul. I, uh, there's this sort of kind of weird idea of, of spiritual appetite in our, in our world today and um, and we all have a God-shaped hole in our lives that only God can fill, and people look for it everywhere. And so somebody sent me this fascinating article recently describing people who are hiring experts to check the energy balance of their homes and offices. People hunger for power, you see. And so, because deep within our hearts, there's a need of energy. There's a need for connection uh, and the right energy balance. So this article describes, um, is it Fang Shu, all right, which is a new age movement, and um, this practitioner who for 50 quid an hour, it's all right, isn't it? Uh, will stroll through your home and tell you what to add or take away to bring energy into balance, all right? Now, this priest calls himself a priest. He comes into your home or your office and he arranges items and he moves doors and he puts up mirrors and all sorts of other manipulations to achieve good chai. <laughs> it's an endeavor to attract good spirits and repel evil spirits. We can giggle about it, but it's the truth. People are doing this, and people are paying this. The posture of receiving God's power, can I tell you tonight, is not through pagan exercises as feng shui or whatever you call it. It's not through astrology or, or palm reading or fortune telling. They're all myths. They're all of the enemy. It's by gathering together as brothers and sisters as one in the name of Christ in a spirit of prayer with an open Bible and an expectant heart waiting for the receptance of God in our lives, understanding the supremacy of the Father, understanding the absolute glory of the Son, and understanding the, the absolute necessity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what it is. And this is what I believe that John sets out for us 
in 21 chapters that are worthy of a read and a study. And so tonight what I'd love us to do, I'd love us to invite the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. I'd love us to come with an expectant heart. We're here, we're not here, I hope we're not here just for a, 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 a quick fix. I hope we're not here just to, just to sing a good song. That's not why I'm here. I don't think it's why you're here. We're here to connect. We call these encounter nights for a reason, that, that you would encounter something fresh and new of the Holy Spirit, that you'd open your heart with a spirit of prayer, with a, a, a receptivity of the Scriptures, with an understanding and an expectancy for God to move, that you would come tonight and put your stuff, put your disappointments, put your disillusionments, put all the things that haven't worked. You see, I'm quick to tell you about all the things that have worked in my life. We're all good at that. We're all quick to tell you this. Like we live in the Facebook, you know, social media world. Like nobody ever puts on, fell out with my wife this morning, she threw a plate at me. Like nobody puts that on Facebook, so they don't. That's look, I'm out with this babe for dinner. You know. <laughs> Could get myself in trouble here, couldn't I? And, uh, and that's just her doing it. Um, and um, you know, we live in this world, and I'm quick to tell you all of my successes and the things that have worked in my life, but you know, there are loads of things that haven't worked. There's loads of disappointments. There's loads of tragedies. There's loads of things that, that if I don't put in the bowl, you see, they just they stay out there unattended. They stay out there undealt with. My soul becomes bitter towards them. I don't deal with them. And, and then they, they keep coming back. They keep calling back. Addictions. When we try to, when we try to work out an addiction ourselves, you know, you know this, if you've ever had a, a... And we're all addicted in some shape or form to something. And if we try to deal with it ourselves, we, we get three weeks and we think we're great. And then the next thing, boom, it's back. And you think, holy smokes, I thought I'd that dealt with. You know why? Because it's out here. We're trying to deal with it out here. I just need to put it in here. You need to put it into the mixing bowl. So Laura and Dixie's going to come, and we're going to throw all into the mixing bowl tonight, all right? We're going to look at the absolute supremacy of the Father, because here's the deal, folks. We have access to all of this. We have legal right to this. Imagine that. We have the legal right to go before the Father. I... Uh, I grew up believing that you, you had to pray to the Father through the Son with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what I was taught when I was young. And I've, did it, I've done it all my life. And lately I began to realize that in the Scripture, God gave me the right to talk to all of them. I have the right to talk to the Father. I have the right to talk to Jesus and call on His name. I have the right to talk to the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that, that I don't... There's, that, that there's just this open access to all of the Godhead. This open access to said, Father, I love you. I love the fact of everything that you've done from the beginning. Jesus, I love reading the Gospels. I love talking to Jesus about how he related to people who were sick. I love talking to Jesus about how he, what he did when he, when, he, when he went to a funeral and he just raised the dead. I love talking to Jesus about that. I love talking to Jesus about how he fed a crowd with, with, a, with, a, with a boy's packed lunch. I love those things. But I love talking about the Holy Spirit. And I love talking to the Holy Spirit. And I love saying, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We sing that little song sometime. Come fill this place. Come fill this atmosphere. Not just this, this place, not just this atmosphere, but this place, this atmosphere. When we begin to invite the Godhead into our lives, it's just 
There's something beautiful about this. And it's living in this constant relationship. And this is what Jesus was saying. Father, Father, wouldn't it be really good? Wouldn't it be really good if these people got it, that they would get what you and I have and that they could be in me like you and I are in each other, that they could be, like it's, it's, almost, it's almost confusing to read it, but it's not. It's beautiful. He just saying, Father, wouldn't it be great that we could just invite them in? Wouldn't it be great if we could just invite them into what we have? And he says, once they have what we have, the whole world would know. The whole world would know that there, there are disciples. There'd be no stopping them. They could change the world. Once the world would see that they're in us, like you're in me and I'm in you. And I told the story this morning. I finished with this. I better let's get going. I told the story this morning of making a, in, in metalwork, I made a poker. And, um, and, and uh, Mr. Morrow's class in the junior high, and you just forge, and you put the poker into the forge, and, and he, he taught us how to twist it. And, um, and I remember putting that poker in and taking it, it was white hot. And, and I remember thinking, no longer is the poker just in the fire, but the fire's in the poker. <laughs> That's what... It's like washing your dish this morning, you know, in the, after you eat your breakfast. Water in the dish, dish in the water. Fire in the poker, poker in the fire. Father in Jesus, Jesus in the Father. Us in the... That's what he's saying. What about us, what about us connecting? So rather than you just sing a little song tonight, and what, what, about, what about just coming together in a spirit of prayer right now and just saying, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, I am... I want to put it all into the bowl tonight. I want to put all the things that are going on in my life into the bowl and allow you to, allow you to deal with my business life, to allow you to deal with my sexuality, God, that I'm struggling with, to allow you to deal, to mix and to, to create all things together for good in my finances, in my relationship, in my marriage, in my, in my mind. God, let you just mix it. Together for good. Space up at the front. Love us to come and we've no other agenda tonight. Bar Dave's going to pray for the folks in missions and the kids' week again that we did this morning at the end. But that's our, we've no other agenda tonight other than just to say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come. Holy Spirit, I need you in my family. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. Holy Spirit, I need you in my habits. Holy Spirit, I'm giving it all into your bowl tonight. Would you, would you make it something? Would you make it something? All things, all things, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things, all things, all things in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. Let's fill this space. If there's any flags, just be careful. Um, can uh, keep the kids maybe from the flags just for health and safety and stuff like that, that nobody gets a smack in the eye or anything like that. But let's come and fill the place. Let's worship together. All right? You're all looking at me really serious. <laughs> come on. It's warm up here. Come on. Let's do it. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.